Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life, which we've been saying kind of over and over the past few months, which are getting less normal, it seems. <laughs> yeah. We're having to talk about all kinds of crazy things that we would have thought a year ago would be unheard of and impossible and there's no way our government is going to fill in the blank, yeah. lock us down, make us wear things on our face against our will, make us inject ourselves with things that we're not quite sure about. On and on we could go, hey, well, that would never happen in this society. Never. Even our president said, COVID vaccine mandates no i will not do that i do not think that this sh- it should be mandated just a few months ago and here we are with grandpa joe coming out and telling us that he's trying to mandate vaccinations for any company that has over 100 100 employees really a unprecedented move for the executive branch to issue an executive order to private corporations. Uh, um, historically, it's been a state-governed a state governed thing, so your state was in charge of vac- vaccines, and uh, now this is the federal government, the executive branch, trying to use OSHA to mandate it. And, um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about um, the COVID-19 vaccine mandates, and we're doing this mainly because we've, we've received some uh, emails and some questions about it. Uh, joining me today is my pastoral assistant, Kevin Knorr. Hey, guys. And my deacon of Sacred City Youth, Alex Tate. How's it going, guys? And um, last week, the elders um, drafted a short statement, maybe position paper statement, position paper, maybe is a little too uh, formal, just a statement on some principles to help us think through these uh, COVID-19 vaccine mandates. And um, like I said, I was getting uh, messages from uh, members wanting religious exemptions. I was getting messages from physicians asking, what's our position on this? What's our thoughts on this? Um, and it was, and then obviously with what uh, President Biden issued, there, it was just a growing um, concern. I mean, lots of healthcare workers who have... Um, been working through the pandemic, been stressed out, the whole deal, um, felt uncertain about the vaccine for whatever reason. Mm. And now they have until, I think, the end of this month, I think, is what the the deal was, or they're going to lose their job. And so people are just asking, doing what they're supposed to do, which is when you're uncertain about an issue, you should reach out to your pastor. And hopefully your pastors have studied the scripture well enough they, they can give you a good biblical argument for or against, and they can help you think biblically about it. So this is a great opportunity for, uh, for the elders to speak into something. And uh, so we did that last week. So, uh, Kevin, would you go ahead and read that first paragraph? And I'll, I might just stop you, and then we'll talk about it. Yep. You want me to start at number one? No. All right. As your pastors, we feel that it has become necessary to address the topic of COVID-19 vaccine mandates that are being forced upon many of our members against their will. Several of you have reached out to us for religious exemptions. Some have reached out wondering what our position is in regards to vaccines and vaccine mandates. This is a complex moral and ethical issue. 
Our elders have differing opinions when it comes to the many layered complexities surrounding vaccines and vaccine mandates. However, there are a few guiding principles that we all agree with from the scriptures and research, and we want to offer those to you now. Okay, so right away, um, we're responding to the situation in real life. We're responding to this situation in our church. We want to be faithful to the two books of the two books of Revelation that God's given us. That is the book of Scripture, His divine revelation, and the book of nature, right? The book of creation. Um, so we research creation through the lens of Scripture, and we research Scripture to find out overarching principles that can help us understand the times that we're in, understand these situations, and then make moral and ethical judgments mm -hmm. in line with our Christian worldview, which is what we've been talking a lot about yeah. on this podcast. Now, all of our elders differ a little bit when it comes to um, their belief, you know, their what they believe about vaccines, okay? So we're kind of all over the map, but um, here are some things, four principles that we wholeheartedly agree with. So for some that may not know, can you think you could break down religious exemptions a little bit for maybe someone that's listening that doesn't know what that, what that is? Yeah. So their religious exemption is just um, a, a religious reasoning for, not, for being exempted out of a um, vaccine mandate, okay? So, and we're going to get into why some of those, why we would, why some Christians would say it's immoral to take a certain vaccine. We're going to get into some of those reasons. So that's what a, that's what a religious exemption is, a religious reason for um, not getting the vaccine, mm -hmm. Okay. And this has been, um, and religious exemptions have been on the books for as long as vaccines have been on the books, to my knowledge. At least as long as I've been alive, there's always been an options when you're, you know, uh, getting your vaccines to exempt out of it on the basis of religious religious reasons. And mm -hmm. uh, public schools and everything accept those religious exemptions. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so here are here are the four the four principles. Let's go ahead and read number one. Number one: Human life begins at conception. Abortion is a sin against God as it violates the sixth commandment and Christians should not knowingly participate in the abortion industry in any way. So Psalm 139, 13, Jeremiah 4, 1, 4 through 5, Luke 1, 39 through 44. All of these <clears throat> teach that life begins at except, um, conception, not at birth. Um, Jesus in the womb of his mother and John in the womb of her mother the first time they met uh, John jumped in, in Elizabeth's womb. He was fully alive. He was a fully person in the womb of his mother. And um, Christianity, not just Christianity, but also, um, um, you know, the Jewish scriptures also, Old Testament, you know, believe that life begins at conception. <clears throat> okay? Now, Go ahead, let's just read the second one, then we'll get into it. If a Christian believes something to be a sin, they are obligated by God to not participate in that activity, even though it might not actually be a sin. For them, it is a sin against their own conscience. Dr. R.C. Sproul writes in his commentary on Romans, If we believe something is a sin, even if it is not, and we participate in it, 
then we have committed a sin because we have done something that we believe to be wrong, whether or not it actually is wrong. The sin is not inherent to the act. The sin is in doing something that we think is evil. Okay. So here we're talking about there are some things that are sin, inherently sin. Mm -hmm. Immorality is inherently sin. And there are some things that are sin because our conscience, for us, we believe them to be wrong. So in Romans 14, 22-23, the issue is is eating certain certain foods, Mm -hmm. okay? And for some people, when they came to faith, they believed that they had already believed that eating this certain food, maybe food, meat sacrificed to idols, was a sin. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul breaks down the argument and says, "Hey, actually, you know, there's only God, there's only one God. Those sin, those things offered to idols, it's, they have no reality. It's not an actually, it's not actually a sin. You know, you you can you're, you have freedom to eat. Do whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Well." That's the reality, okay? That act, eating meat or whatever, that act is not inherently sinful. But if your conscience believes it to be a sin and you go ahead and do it anyways, you are sinning against your own conscience. Mm-hmm. It is a sin to you. So there's all kinds of different um, examples that you can think of. But, you know, for some people, even though scripture teaches that drinking alcohol is not a sin and it can be done to the glory of God, there are some people that believe drinking alcohol is a sin. Mm-hmm. Well, if that person would, would, you know, go to a party and then give in to the temptation to drink alcohol, well, for them, that would be a sin because they violated their own, they sinned against their own conscience, mm-hmm. okay? <clears throat> so this is kind of the the principle or even the doctrine of conscience that we have that the spirit can work inside of us according to our conscience and convict convict us and convince us of certain things to be sin another an easier example with this alcohol example would be a person who maybe was an alcoholic in their past right and so now for them to drink would be a, for them would be a sin it's not inherently a sin but for them, they would be if if they sin against their own conscience, right? Mm-hmm. It's not wise for them to do because prone, they're prone to addiction or whatever. So would they sin if they actually became a drunkard, or just in their own conscience? And and how do you separate conscience between feelings? Yeah, that's a great example, mm-hmm. or that's a great question. Um, I don't know if you can actually. I don't know if you can't. Necessary. I think most people have feelings, and they, it's their gut, it's their conscience. They don't know, which is why it's so important that we constantly go back to the Word of God and measure them, right? Mm. And so, if if an alcoholic tells me for me to drink would be sin, I say, okay, I completely understand with you, I understand it, and I agree with you, because it makes logical sense according to how he has been tempted in the past, mm. right? He's fallen into this sin in the past. He's been prone to this sin in the past. So it makes sense to me that the Holy Spirit would be convicting him to stay away from alcohol, right? But for the person who's never drank alcohol in their entire life, and they have no history of alcoholism or anything like that, and they're just what we call a teetotaler, or what's called a teetotaler, I would press them and go, well, that's not biblical. That sounds like legalism to me. That sounds like moralism to me. That, That doesn't sound like the freedom of the Christian. It doesn't, you know... And so I would press them on that, right? So the same act can be not a sin for one and a sin for the other, Mm. all right? 
So there's this freedom of conscience in Christianity mm -hmm. that we should never go against our conscience. And even Martin Luther, when he stood up um, and he was standing against Rome and the Roman church, and they were trying to get him to recant that, that, um, the doctrines of grace that he was believing, he said, unless someone can show me through clear evidence of scripture that, that, that I am in the wrong, I will not recant because mm -hmm. it's dangerous for a man to go against his conscience, right? So Martin Luther was one who, who stood on this as well, all right? So let's keep going until I get to the, let's just yep. go to the third one. To our knowledge, the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines do not use fetal cells, cells that can come from aborted babies, in the development of their vaccines, but Johnson & Johnson did. Pause. And as I've also come to realize, so has the AstraZeneca or AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca has also used uh, aborted cells. Go yeah. ahead. Some pro-life organizations believe that since the cells came from aborted children decades ago, that the potential blessings outweigh the ethical concerns. Others believe any compromise here with the abortion industry would be sin. Okay. To this knowledge, we also linked, um, we linked a study, a governmental study that, that showed evidence towards this for our people to, to look at. Okay, so now you start to see <clears throat> how these points, these principles are coming together, that we are pro-life, from conception, that we believe um, that that is a human from conception, that, that all life is, is life that needs to be protected and preserved. The sixth commandment tells us thou shalt not kill. And every commandment has also got a flip side. So thou shalt not kill also means that we are to be pro-life, right? Mm -hmm. So we're pro-life. We believe in the freedom of the conscience. And some of these vaccines... Um, used aborted fetal, fetal cells in their research and in their production, okay? So you're seeing how this creates a moral, ethical dilemma, mm -hmm. right? And, and the simplistic approach of just do it for the love of your neighbor, if you love your neighbor, you would do this, that breaks down because it's a more complicated moral and ethical issue mm -hmm. than that. You're talking about um, potentially making someone, mandating that someone um, inject something that, that, was, that an aborted baby was used to create mm -hmm. in, into their body. Um, that seems to be profiting from the abortion industry, mm -hmm. which is unconscionable that these, and we already know it's happening. We've seen it the Planned Parenthood leaked videos that they're literally selling aborted baby, baby parts mm -hmm. and they're doing this research on them, um, which is, which is immoral mm -hmm. and the Christians should stand against. Okay. Yeah. So let's go to the, the last point. We believe it is unethical for any government or private business to force their citizens or employees to violate their conscience when it comes to getting a vaccine. For the most part, Everyone who wants to get the vaccine has already had the opportunity to receive it. Therefore, the risk unvaccinated people are taking is their own personal responsibility. To be clear, we are not saying that we are anti-vaccine. Rather, we are pro-Christian conscious. We also believe that an employer has the right to terminate their employees for not getting a vaccine if they choose to do so. This whole issue seems to us to be framed in an unhelpful way. 
the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated, when as of today, 40.4 million Americans have already had COVID-19 and have some level of immunity. Therefore, framing the conversation around those with antibodies and those without would be much more helpful and would not require as many people to be vaccinated against their wills. Okay, so... This is kind of the, the crux of the argument, let's say, that we as elders believe it is unethical for any government or private business to force their citizens or employees to violate their conscience when it comes to getting a vaccine. Now, this has been going on for the last decade or more started under the Obama administration that, and it's couched in a lot of the liberation and sexual liberation and sexual revolution language. Um, Hobby Lobby case, different cases where the government is trying to pay for people to either, to be able to get abortions, um, that they're trying to make abortions free. They're trying to make abortions uh, free all the way up until term in a lot of different places, all the way up until the, the, the day before or the day they give birth. And trying to um, make it mandatory for private um, companies to subsidize or pay for their employees to have abortions. Mm-hmm. Hobby Lobby has filed suit against this, and, I, I'm, and, and they've, they've won. So there's been, there's been different protections to my awareness, to my knowledge, there's been a lot of, there's been some different clauses and different uh, loopholes, let's say. Mm-hmm. This has been part of our, uh, the legal battle in our country and part of religious freedom for a long time. Now, this is currently under threat. The Biden administration is doing everything in their power to make private corporations. So imagine this. You are a Christian trying to run your business in a Christian way by biblical principles. Mm -hmm. You're pro-life and the government comes in and says, you have to pay for your employee to get an abortion. That's what they're doing through, through the healthcare system and through all the loopholes and through all the things. That's what they're doing. That is unethical. Mm -hmm. That is Mm anti-Christian. That is against scripture. All right. Now, this is that's the same argument that's going on right now. That some of these vaccines have profited from the abortion industry, and so there's some Christians that believe it is a it is unethical and is immoral for me to use this vaccine that's that's profited from that. But we're also saying it's unethical for any government or any business to mandate it. Mm-hmm. Now. We say, we're saying it's unethical, right? And there's a lot of uh, legal scholars and lawyers out there right now who believe it is against the law, and they are going to, I think there's going to be a lot of legal cases going up um, in the next few months. Um, but, so we think it's, we're saying it's unethical. We don't know for sure if it's illegal or not. That's, that's, that will be decided. Yeah. So we're saying it's unethical for business to do it. Now, businesses can do unethical things if they want, as long as it's not illegal, right? And so if so, the, the, the business does have the right to fire you if you don't comply, mm-hmm. right? So that is, that is 
a reality. We, we do believe that private, um, private business does have the right to be able to do that. Now, the second part of this article, this, this point is just saying like, why are, why is the government, does it seem sensical for the government to be mandating so that there's about a hundred million unvaccinated people in America. Okay. 40.5 million people have had the virus. That's 40% of that number. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just change the language to antibodies versus non-antibodies? That would solve 40% or roughly 40% of that, that issue for you. Mm-hmm. Because the every study that's came out of Israel, every long-term study that we've seen so far is that natural immunity is outlasting the immunity that's gotten from that's getting from vaccines. Mm. So why wouldn't why wouldn't an employer just say, show me a positive test or vaccine? Okay, immediately that that that's not making people violate their their conscience, right? right? Or less people violate their conscience. So immediately we just think it's just unhelpful um, to do this. And then you know if you if you factor in, so what are they saying? Something like if we get to 75, 81, 85, 80% of, of everybody being, you know, of immunity, then we reach herd, herd immunity Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Right. So shouldn't that, shouldn't that be the goal? What's, why are we wanting a hundred percent of our employees and all our our citizens to get, to get vaccinated? Mm -hmm. It it seems, seems a little ridiculous. So um, so anyways, so those are the four big principles, okay? Those are the four big principles. Number one, we're pro-life. Number two, we're pro-Christian conscience. And, a, and if a Christian feels like using this vaccine or putting this vaccine in their body is a sin, to them it is a sin. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it is unethical for a business to require it of them, mm-hmm. Right? And so that's the, that's the position that we've got. And so the conclusion that we made from that is this. Therefore, if any of our members believe getting the COVID-19 vaccine at this time would violate their conscience, we will provide a religious exemption for you upon request. However, to our knowledge, we have not heard of any employers actually approving a religious exemption. Pause. I actually have. One of our members did uh, receive a, an approval. So that's I've, I've heard of one now. Praise God. <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. Christians who follow their conscience here must be ready to lose their job. We love you all and hope this brief post brings some clarity to this issue for you. If you have any questions, you can email an elder. Okay. So, that was our brief post on COVID vaccine mandates. Those are the four kind of overarching principles that helped us navigate um, this kind of thorny topic um also if you if you wanted to go back and listen to sphere this the podcast on sphere sovereignty that that will also help you understand that there are some things when jesus said when he was approached said, should you do you give taxes should you give taxes and he says you know show me a uh, you know show me the roman coin he shows him the roman coin whose face is on it caesar okay give to caesar what is caesar but get give to god what is God's? Now he's saying that that money has Caesar's image on it. Therefore, it's Caesar's. So yes, you should tithe to Caesar. Or I'm sorry, tithe. You should pay your taxes to Caesar. But give to God what is God's. Well, what is he talking about there? 
what has the image of God imprinted on it? Mm. We do. We do. We are made in the image of God. And so our bodies, our minds, our souls are not meant to be given to Caesar. Caesar is not our God. The United States of America is not our God. Joe Biden is not our God. The executive branch is not our God. John Deere is not our God. We give our bodies to God, Mm -hmm. right? And so the government does not have the authority to demand me to do this. Does it? Now, they might. Hey, guess what? I could say the same thing in China. I could say, and they might take me out behind the woodshed and put a bullet in my brain. They still don't have the authority to do it. Because my body belongs to God. Yeah. Right? And this is, in one sense, this is the freedom of the conscience, but this is also kind of Christian resistance 101. Paul says in the book of Acts that if I were to obey man in this situation, I would disobey God. Mm -hmm. That when man or government or state or boss is asking me to do something that is either against God's clearly revealed word or against my conscience, I am to resist that authority and I am to obey God's word and I am to obey my conscience. And so this is why we, um, you know, we we didn't just go with the flow on this one and uh, we are, um, we're signing some, we're signing some, uh, Man, get vaccine mandate exemptions. Mm-hmm. So what does it look like? I mean, we have a lot of missional communities within our church. So what does it look like to, I guess you would say, love your neighbor, but then also care for the people that are losing their jobs? And I mean, who knows what is going to be next with this? Yeah. Well, first off, I think it just does, we have to do our best to think clearly and think biblically about the issues and try not to let our emotions run everything. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. our emotions can't be um, running our brains. We have to be thinking as rationally, as logically, as cogently, coherently as we possibly can about these issues and framing them in um, the best way possible that doesn't demonize the person from the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because that's what. I'm just going to say this. Quite frankly, Joe Biden's speech that he gave last week or last Friday or whenever it was, was one of the most unhelpful uh, speeches that I've heard in a long time. Just straight up saying we've I'm, I'm out of we're I'm out of patience with the, with this group of the American people. That speech literally stoked the fires of hatred of neighbor, mm-hmm. like. What's wrong with all you unvaccinated morons? Like literally, like your neighbor's unvaccinated. Yeah, he's a moron. He's an idiot. I mean, that's that's that attitude just stokes that and bring greater division when it's not even true. It's not even the real issue, mm-hmm. right? Like if that neighbor has already had COVID, he's walking around with just as much antibodies, if not more, than you do, yeah. and he's not worried about it. Why are you worried about his health when he's not worried about it? Now, I get it. Like, we, we don't want to see anybody die and we don't want to see anybody get sick, but freedom freedom enables a person to t- make choices and have personal responsibility. Yeah. Listen, I had a motorcycle for a long time. I always wore my helmet. 
In Iowa, it is not illegal to not wear a helmet. You can you don't have to wear a helmet. Listen, I've I've had personal friends die from motorcycle accidents because they were not wearing their helmet, right? Now, I did not feel guilty because the law allowed them to not wear a helmet. That was their personal choice. Yeah. They they made that choice. And if they were laying on the deathbed, I seriously doubt, if I went in in there, I I seriously doubt they would have said, man, I wish the government would have have made me wear a helmet. If the government would have just loved me enough to make a law that it would be illegal. No, that's them expressing their freedom is wearing a, 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 you know, riding a motorcycle with no helmet, right? There are many different reasons people are not getting vaccinated right now. And for whatever reason, that is them expressing their own freedom, whether it's out of fear, whether it's out of just hatred of the government, whether it's out of religious reasons, whether, I, I don't know, but that's them expressing their freedom and we shouldn't demonize them because of it, mm-hmm. right? The, yeah. We should not demonize them because of it. And I think the president has done a disservice uh, to those, to that, what he said, it was a hundred million people in the country um, by, by stoking hatred of neighbor. Mm. You know, and trying to use guilt and use fear and use shame to motivate people. I mean, it's just legalism. This is like a, the new religion. It's the new religion. They're using guilt and shame and fear and yeah. all the things that we hated from the old Pentecostal or, or the old fundamentalist pastors who used to... That's what they're using right now, yeah. right? And it's just going to cause people's heels to get dug in and it's going to create more division, I, I believe, in our, in our country before this is all said and done. So... Um, so that's what's going on. That's where we're at. Again, um, pro-Christian conscience, pro-life. We have to be aware of what is be- being put in our body, and we're just against the man, the mandating people to do something against their conscience. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, if you guys got any questions, um, and again, what was written in? I'm going to clarify this. What was written in? the post and the letter that we read, that Kevin read, that was from all of our elders. Mm-hmm. And then whatever I just spouted off, that's, that's for me. <laughs> I, again, I can't speak for all the elders on this because on all of the, on all of the different nuances and stuff, they are, we're, we're a diverse bunch, mm-hmm. right? So hopefully that helps you. If you have any questions, please, please email me, justindeniatsacredcitychurch.com. Hopefully this was helpful. God bless. <laughs>